Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast brought to you by the IDP Army Podcast Network. It is good to be back with you. Uh, we don't got a Joe this week, so it's just going to be me, Billy, Adam Bravender, flying solo with you all. Um, and we're going to talk some college uh, sports. I actually went to the Louisville-Florida State game last week, so I'm going to give some thoughts about that game. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about a little bit of this disappointing disappointment of uh, athletes so far that we, we, you know, we are expected to be better, but I, I think there's good, better things ahead. So we'll get into that a little bit, and then we will preview all most of the week four slate. The, uh, the main games kind of give you a little, uh, a little bite here and there of who you should be following. So uh, actually, though, before we get into that, let's tailgate. All right, welcome in. This is the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, and we are glad to be here today. It is again, like I said, just me flying solo. So we are just going to bust through some of these thoughts real quick. Um, but let's start right where we I, I left off with this podcast last week, and that is Louisville football versus the Florida State Seminoles uh, in Louisville. Um, we got the shirt on today, repping the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I got to see the uh, Malik Cunningham experience up close. He is elite. I I can't say anything other than that. He is a very dynamic player. I think that there is a lot there. Um, Everything that I want Anthony Richardson to be is things I'm actually seeing from Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham is able to complete passes. He is able to throw touchdowns. He is able to scramble around and get yards after, you know, broken plays. Um, I would say he's got to, he's going to have to bulk up a little bit if he is going to go very high in the draft, but I think he is going to be a guy that falls pretty late in these drafts. Um, that is going to be somebody I think we can see in there immediately. Um, I would say people are going to probably comp him to Malik Willis last year, but I'm here to say that I think Malik Cunningham is better than Malik Willis. Just there you go. I mean, Malik Willis played at Liberty, and so the competition that he was playing was not very good. Uh, when he did go against Old Miss last season, he got, you know, as exposed as a Liberty quarterback could be, but he did, in my opinion, get a little exposed there. So Masim Malik Cunningham do that against Florida State defense, which was re- very good. Uh, Jared Verse did get hurt um, about midway through that game, so you know he kind of got to go against that part in the second half. Um, but the game was close and with well within reach. Um, they should have won that game, um, honestly, and. Um, the six, seven receiver, the transfer to Florida state, that, that guy is as tall as you think he would look in person. He's every bit of six, seven, um, that kid. So I can't wait to cover him a little bit better in the future, but probably not on this podcast, but I just needed to pop on here and say Louisville football. I am sad that you all lost that game because Malik Cunningham is legit. And that was a very fun game to watch. Okay. 
So before we get into the week four slate, because there is a lot to say, I, I just we need to, I think, level set the expectations a little bit. I think last year we were doing this podcast. For those of you that have been listening uh, for the last year, you'll remember we were getting exciting week after exciting week from some of these big name players. You know, Garrett Wilson would pop off, John Mechie would have a week, Jamison Williams was doing his thing it felt like every week and just so on and so forth we had every it felt like every receiver was having a week the running backs were i mean we were still trying to figure out who exactly but there was at least a couple of elite running backs that we were like oh ken walker he's gonna be a dude at the next level isaiah spiller he's having some off weeks might drop his draft stock a little bit like we were having these conversations openly each week and it was even easy to you know maintain these and that was from the very jump of the season i know that you know it's only on we're only through three weeks so far but honestly like this is in such a strange season everyone out there i cannot stress that enough this has been very weird to watch so far there's not really anybody that's popping off the page i mean none of these receivers that we have going in the top 10 outside of jordan addison we're gonna leave him alone because he's playing with caleb williams but none of these other guys are popping off the page. And you would think that despite being in bad situations, now Jackson Smith and Jigba has been hurt. So he has not been fully out there, but honestly, am I here to tell you he's the best receiver on that roster right now? I'm not because Marvin Harrison jr. Might be better. And you know, it's not all a numbers game, but it's just who does CJ Stroud feel the com- most comfortable with? It's him. And it, it's it's tough. It's, it's just been a very tough evaluation process thus far. I will say I still think we've got the 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 groundwork, you know, the seeds laid for the development to come for most of these players. But it's just so far, it's just not been great. And I put this on Twitter today, and I need to say it on the podcast now. So Tyler Van Dyke, I had as my number three quarterback going in. I've dropped him down to number four or five below Anthony Richardson. And I'm, I'm making a mistake. Like I need you all to know that too. I am making an active mistake because, and here I'll explain myself. His numbers have not been great so far. He has not lit up the page. Like we thought he was going to do after seeing him last season. Um, He did not have great weapons last season. So the weapons argument that he doesn't have the receivers and players around him to be able to succeed. Pish posh. I'm going to say that pish posh. Don't believe it. Don't, don't, think that that is the problem at all this is a mario cristobal problem and my source for that is that mario cristobal had justin freaking herbert on his team um i need you all to go back and look at justin herbert when he was um the quarterback of that 2020 no 2019 season um no it was 2020 i believe yeah because he went same draft as joe burrow it was a joke that he ended up number six overall that was an absolute joke that he ended up that far down the board because he had every tool and everything that we were saying about Justin Herbert. We just didn't see it because at Oregon, he was like a mundane guy. Like he was just a regular old quarterback. Like we all thought looking around that we saw Justin Herbert as like this amazing quarterback. And we saw the tools. We saw everything that you needed to see, but he just wasn't showing it out there on the field. And I think we're having the history repeat itself here with Tyler Van Dyke. And I I think that he is closer to the player he was last year than the player that he has been through three games this season. 
It's just it, a it doesn't look the same, and b it's just the offense is very not. It's not explosive. It's not take chances. It's very conservative, and this is what Mario Cristobal did at Oregon as well. And it's proven and bearing fruit out here. I'm not going to lie to you. The next quarterback that's thinking, hey, I need to head to Miami, I would take Justin Herbert and I would take Tyler Van Dyke because I think he's going to be fine at the NFL level. I think you're going to have to take this into consideration, all these recruits out there, when you're picking a school. Mario Cristobal is going to hamper your target or hamper your entire evaluation, to be honest, because I've seen so many people that are out on Tyler Van Dyke. They just don't see it. They're like, oh, well, he hasn't, you know, he didn't develop from year one to year two. Like, it's just, he, you know, just kind of disregarding him, put throwing him to the side. And I'm here to tell you that is a mistake, friends. He is going to be fine at the next level. He is going to prove himself and put himself back up there. Um, I'm still going to, I'm going to leave him number five just because I, I think that there is something about Anthony Richardson that I cannot give up. And I don't know why I'm doing that because if you told me, if you showed me any other player with his horrible, horrible ability to pass i would say why is he even getting drafted at all but there's just some i don't know i just can't quit the anthony richardson thing i just think if he had better weapons around him i think he would be better and i just i just think that that's how it is i don't know how else to explain it um but i think anthony richardson will be fine and i think Tyler van dyke will be fine and will levis is good do i think Tyler Van Dyke could be better than Will Levis. Yes, I do think that that is very possible, but I just don't think we're going to see it this season. And I feel bad because Miami is on the rebuild as a program, and it looks like it's just going to swallow up Tyler Van Dyke and his evaluation process because he should not fall out of the first round. I'm sorry. It's just I, I before the season we were very I was very hyped about there being seven potential quarterbacks that could be taken in the first round of the draft. I still believe the talent is there. Yes, Anthony Richardson cannot throw a ball. That could be a problem as a quarterback. I understand what you're saying. You're, you're sitting there thinking, well, why in the hell is he going to be taken in the first round if he can't throw a ball? There's something a, elite about his arm. There is something elite. I mean, his ability to run is second to none. That is the thing he needs to be using more at Florida. If he's going to, if they're, Florida's going to salvage their season, it's going to be on the back. Uh, or actually on the, I don't know, the legs of Anthony Richardson. And he's got to learn how to use that appropriately. Watch Lamar Jackson play football, Anthony Richardson. It's fine. Lamar Jackson's an MVP. He he he's cannot ever take that away from him. He was a league MVP. So learn. I, I just wish he would learn how to do that a little bit more because he's bigger, he's stronger, faster. I mean, all of these things. And I just wish we could see that a little bit more. But I just mainly was one to like tamper like how bad things are looking for some of these players right now. Like I don't even know who to tell you all is the RB two right now. I don't know. I think it might be Sean Tucker at Syracuse. Do I feel good about that? No, not necessarily. Um, Bijan Robinson looks fine. I, I still say that he looks extremely raw to me and there's some pro- like major problems in his game. And I don't think that that's something that you can just brush under the rug. We thought maybe he was going to be a top 10 running back this draft and like top 10 in the actual draft running back, number one player dynasty overall. But man, like, I don't know how a team can do that, especially like this last week in the NFL, there was only one running back that went over a hundred yards. That was Christian McCaffrey. 
And I just don't know how a team is going to justify taking a player that high in the draft. And when you take a player that high in the draft, you know that they're going to get utilized. Like when Saquon Barkley went that high, when Nick Chubb went, well, he didn't go that high. But still, when you take player, you take running backs high, CMC is a good example of that. Uh, you take a running back that high, you know that they're going to get used in that offense because that is going to be the focal point of that offense. However, with Bijan Robinson doesn't get taken until the late, 20s i mean he still might be a focal point of an offense but man he's got to work on some things before he gets the nfl pass blocking is still an issue in my opinion um and i just think that there's some if he can't get the explosive play like a lot of those runs just die at the line and i feel as if he needs to show a little bit more because i think when we were watching christian mccaffrey and when we were watching saquon barkley out there we just knew that it would just felt different. And if he's going to be compared to those guys, because like Miles Sanders, when he was at Penn State, we we knew Miles Sanders was good. We never thought he was Saquon Barkley level, though. Like we, we knew he was good and that he could be relevant at the next level. Never thought he was Saquon Barkley good. And Bijan Robinson was treated that way um, last year. And I just think we still need to see a lot more from him before we say that and crown him that kind of achievement. Um, I don't even want to get into the wide receivers. They're just, I, they're amazing talents. I don't know if we're ever going to see them this year. Quentin Johnston. Don't know. Keishon Booty. Don't know. Like, I, I just, I feel horrible because these guys are going to be great dynasty assets and you're not maybe even going to get to see them this. And, I think this should go to show you. I don't know. Maybe this is just me thinking, but like, or maybe me saying. But if you're a talented wide receiver, just go to the good schools with the good quarterbacks and the good offensive systems. Show your numbers. Like, why go through the headache of being on TC? I okay. If you're a hometown kid, I get it. Like, Keishon Booty's from Louisiana, so I get that's why he chose to go to Louisiana uh, State or LSU. And I get that. I understand the the thought process behind that. But, like, man, wouldn't he be awesome on, like, Alabama right now? <laughs> like, I don't know. And maybe when you go to LSU, you just think that eventually it's going to get better and it's going to show more. But, like, what's the last Brian Kelly wide receiver to come out? Like, Chase Claypool? But he wasn't he was until, like, the third round or so of the draft. Like, I, I don't know. I just – I don't think – when I think of Brian Kelly, I don't think wide receiver guru. I think of Alabama as a wide receiver place. Think of Oklahoma as a wide receiver place. Think of Ohio State as an like USC. They have the, the monsters of the NFL right now. USC, Monroe St. Brown, Drake London. I mean, the list would go on. Jordan Addison's going to get added to that list because he made the correct call in going there. I just think there are outliers out there, but why aren't these kids picking better schools? I don't know. I don't. I won't. There, there is a sense of pride there, and I know we need to spread the talent around. I know we, I should be rooting for that. But as a Debbie player, as a dynasty player, I would love to see these guys cook. And you can't see them cook when there's a bad quarterback. You know, when the chef back there is a very bad chef, it doesn't matter how good his sous chefs are. Like, the, the rest, the whole kitchen's going to fail. Um, that ends the uh, culinary coverage on this podcast. So, I don't know. I just think... The expectations are going to be lower this this offseason. There's going to be a lot of hatred. Believe me, the hatred is if we get to week six and there's none of these guys putting up heavy numbers, there is going to be a ton of backlash from the dynasty community that's like, oh, your 2023 first rounders are going to go real good now, aren't they? And they're going to like just start dogging the fact that you have all these 2023 firsts that you thought this class was going to be good. Believe me, it is good. Just – Gotta hold on. 
just gotta gotta hold on. You gotta stay with it. the The talent is there. We just need to level set it a little bit because so far we're not having a lot of people pop off the page, and that is very frustrating. I understand. Okay, let's get on to week four. We got some great games this week. A fantastic slate, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to start with what I think will be my favorite game first, and then we'll work our way down. So the first game I want to talk about is Clemson versus Wake Forest. Uh, DJ Ugalele, I think you, it's not Ugalele, it's Ugalele, I believe. Um, he turned into a good quarterback all of a sudden. He's kind of like, after last year, we were still very frustrated with, um, him not being the guy that we thought he was going to Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He threw for 400 yards in his uh, start over Trevor Lawrence when Trevor Lawrence had COVID. And since then, he has not thrown for 400 yards in a game since. And we've continued that now. And it's just kind of level set it out a little bit of what we thought Clemson was going to be. That offense is not as dynamic as we thought. However, the part of the defense or offense I do want to talk about is Will Shipley. So he is a 2024 eligible running back. Um, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the kid. He is very good, very consistent, and he is a guy that we are definitely going to be watching um, coming next draft. Next draft, you know, I don't, I feel like I say this every year, but like the next draft is going to be awesome. Well, like the 2024 quarter running back class does look really good. Trayvon Henderson, who's currently hurt, is going to be in that class. Will Shipley's going to be in that class. Like the, that's a good start, in my opinion, to uh, what that class will be. Um, also on Clemson, Miles Murphy, I do want to mention him. He has been a disruptive force on that defense. The entire defense has been, uh, been good. Uh, Brian Breesey had a uh, off the not a family emergency that he had to attend to last week, so he was unable to play. But he will should be he should be back this week. If not, more power to him. Hope he gets everything right at home. That is where he is mostly needed most needed right now. And he's able to come back in the next week. But if he comes back this week with Miles Murphy, that Wake Forest is going to be in for a day because that all that defense is ferocious. So Wake Forest side, uh, Sam Hartman is back with a vengeance, and he has kind of picked up right where he left off. I'm liking what I'm seeing from this kid. This will be his first real test, though, and Wake Forest is his first real test, if we're being completely honest. Um, and he's throwing to A.T. Perry a lot. I'm liking A.T. Perry quite a bit. He's coming on strong here. Um, his connection with Sam Hartman is something that I'm enjoying watching and enjoying seeing it. So I am very happy and very um, excited to watch and see what this game looks like because if Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry and the whole Wake Forest offense can cook this Clemson defense – all right, Sam Hartman might have my attention for a potential quarterback that could be, you know, driving up boards. So I expect Clemson to win this game, but I hope Wake Forest can keep it close. All right, on to the next one. We got number 10, Arkansas, versus number 23, Texas A&M. Texas A&M has not been extremely exciting so far. The um, Haynes King experiment has not gone well, so I don't think, you know, we're going to be seeing him a whole lot longer as the starter. 
Uh, Devin Achain has been solid, but not great for that team. I, I really was di- disappointed in seeing because what he did last year with Isaiah Spiller, those that one-two punch was just incredible. And often he looked better than Isaiah Spiller out there. So it was very cool to think like he was going to get the most reps on this team coming in to the season. And he has, and he has been kind of holding them up a little bit from the run game side, but Texas A&M just doesn't look good. That offense looks bad and they're paying a lot of money and NIL deals to make that team relevant. And boy, are they the furthest thing from it right now? Well, maybe not the furthest thing. It's not like they're 0 and 5 or like 0 and 3. But in my opinion, they're not a very good team. They barely beat Miami, which Miami is not a team that you're like, oh, we just barely squeaked by. They they were very beatable and you only won by uh, one score. So Texas AM, this will be a good bounce back game for them. Um, I'm still interested to see if Anaya Smith can get more involved. It's he his game's kind of hooked to the quarterback. And if the quarterback's not finding him, then you're not going to really see much out of, out of Anaya Smith. So I, I'm really hoping they can figure things out and uh, Texas A&M can figure this this thing out, but I don't know. I, and then Arkansas, number 10, I, I would say they're slightly overrated at number 10. Um, it's nothing against K.J. Jefferson. I just don't know if I totally believe in the K.J. Jefferson experience so far. Um, they do have Jaden Hazelwood, who kind of took took over, quote-unquote, for Traylon Burks. Um, but this – this team's kind of predicated on run game and defense and the running back is Raheem Sanders, another 2024 guy that we should be paying attention to. Um, he has been tearing it up out there and that, that will probably be the way that they beat Texas A&M, even though Texas A&M has been decent in the trenches. And um, I, I would say that seeing Raheem Sanders out there would be, you know, it would be a breath of fresh air if we were able to see him, uh, kind of take down this Texas A&M defense. Um, on the defensive side for Arkansas, we have Bumper Pool, who, despite having an amazing game, is also having a pretty decent season. I think he is somebody that we need to be looking at for a linebacker. Um, he is not just a I, – I know what you're thinking. Bumper Pool, that is a very silly name. No, no, no. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, strong name for a linebacker. I kind of like it. I like it. I like Bumper Pool. It's, it's, it's kind of great. Um, and he's very good. And I think that um, he will be somebody that I think comes comes through come draft time. And they also have Drew Sanders, who currently has five and a half sacks on the season, which is I don't think is leading the nation, but it's close. I think he is like one of the top three in sacks. So to watch the Drew Sanders experience um, come. He's coming on strong. Uh, he's you know, has more sacks than Will Anderson, got more more uh, sacks than uh, the kid from Army who I'm blanking on right now. Oof, that's bad. That's bad. Oh, well. Uh, Drew Sanders is a guy that I think we need to pay attention to right now, though. And he is a guy that I really could see coming out of Arkansas to be one of the main defensive players in this upcoming draft. I'm pretty excited. Andre Carter was his name. There, came to me. All right. Um, moving on. Got number 11, Tennessee, versus number 20, Florida. So this is kind of a, you know, the red siren going off for Anthony Richardson. We're going to have to see you throw a touchdown. We are through three games so far, and you have not thrown a touchdown, Mr. Richardson, and I need to see at least one of those throws go in the end zone. I The rushing touchdowns are fun. Don't get me wrong. And seeing uh, Travis Etienne's brother Trevor run in the end zone, also fun for Florida. I enjoy seeing another Etienne in the league. It's a lot of fun. But 
I need to see you throw a ball into that end zone against this Tennessee defense because this Tennessee defense is not great. So please, Anthony Richardson, please throw a touchdown. Please. That's all I'm going to ask. On the Tennessee side, uh, Hendon Hooker has been looked, has looked every bit that of what we thought he was going to be when he came over from Virginia Tech. And to further on to that, I know that he's old. I th- We're just going to get that out of the way now. I know that he's old. But I do think there could be some value for a team taking him um, in the draft. Um, I don't know how many teams are going to need quarterbacks after this season. There are a ton of quarterbacks getting old, so, you know, there's there's got to be at least somebody. I, I still think the Giants are going to need one. Um, I love Baker Mayfield to death. Panthers are going to have to look at a quarterback. I know they keep putting that off, but they got to do that. Um, obviously, Atlanta, Seattle are going to be in the market for quarterbacks as well. Um, I just I, I think that there is going to be a plethora of decent quarterbacks in this class that you can probably at least try out. Last year was kind of the the chance of a lifetime for some of these quarterbacks that would not normally be considered first rounders or even up there, like Desmond Ritter, for example, who people are still in love with. By the way, I just I you're never going like you're always going to be capped with what you're going to get from Desmond Ritter. It's kind of like Tim Tebow. Be completely honest with you. I I know that that's a weird comparison, Desmond Ritter to Tim Tebow, because they don't really actually look a whole lot. You know, not obviously look, but like the uh, the physique is not the same. Tim Tebow is much shorter and stubbier. Um, I just they they're capped with what they can do, right? And that was kind of the Tim Tebow experience, where like you're gonna win, but you're not like you can win a ball game with Tim Tebow. You're never like he's never gonna be the complete reason that you win that game. He's just you know, a gamer that's out there trying to game his team to the, to a victory. And that's what Desmond Ritter is. And he does not have a fantastic arm, does not have fantastic legs. But, you know, I'm excited to have, for Atlanta to give him a chance, better than Marcus Mariota in my, in my opinion. Um, all right, on to USC and Oregon State. Um, I it, This game is just fun. I'm just mentioning it because of that. USC, obviously, I want to watch Jordan Addison work every time that he touches a field. I mean, he was my favorite receiver last year. Um, You know, obviously, he wasn't going to be eligible to be drafted. But I just, you know, now that he is kind of the focal point of the wide receiver pool, I'm just, I'm excited to see him. Excited. Like, I'm prompt. I can't wait to watch him uh, versus Oregon State. Oregon State's got a pretty good team. I don't really know if we're... Maybe one somebody in this game will prove themselves as a draft, you know, a draft person that I'm not really paying attention to. So something that I'm interested in, I guess we'll see. All right, um, on to Oklahoma uh, versus Kansas State. I don't think this game will be particularly close. However, the draft implications of Marvin Mims on the Oklahoma side—he uh, is like fantastic so far. Uh, no notes. I wish he was more focused at like not him, but like more the team was more focused on making him the number one wide receiver. But they are spreading the ball around quite a bit. Dylan Gabriel kind of just is doing a thing out there. I kind of liking Dylan Gabriel a lot. He's just I just cannot see it at the next level. I I, I can't yet anyway. I I I'm hopeful that he could prove me wrong, but I just it's too much of the college level of quarterback in that part is very frustrating to watch. Um, 
I just don't see it working out the next level. But Marvin Mims, I do see working out the next level. Still wish you both out a little bit more, and maybe we'll get there by the end of the season because they do hit the weights pretty hard at OU, so I'm excited for that. And Reggie Grimes, kind of coming out of nowhere. We didn't – I mean, we expect this defense to be good. I didn't expect him to develop that quickly. Um, And Brent Venables has always put these kind of guys in the NFL. Like, this is a classic – like, Reggie Grimes on Clemson would have been just a a classic – Clemson player. So I'm very excited to see exactly what this uh, could mean for him. But Reggie Grimes is in every play. It feels like he is in the back. He lives in the backfield and he is getting enough sacks and tackles for loss to make everything that he has done so far worth it. Vendables is doing a great job on the Kansas state side. uh, Deuce Vaughn. I I still don't know where to put him overall. It's just a very weird running back quandary with him. And Kansas State has not played a particularly good schedule so far, so I don't think that he's gotten tested quite enough. But this Oklahoma defense is very frustrating for teams to play, so I'm excited to see if Deuce Vaughn and Chris Kleiman are able to cook something up to get um, these guys off their toes a little bit. Um, And then on the Kansas State defense, as we had pointed out before, Felix Nduke Uzama. Um who is a linebacker for them. I I'm, you know, he is having a solid season so far. He's had, I think three and a half sacks, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid season. I would like to see, you know, one of those pop games. I know that he had one last year where he really got, you know, a bulk of the, the work and was able to put, you know, a lot of stats on tape. So I'm kind of hoping we can see that from Felix and Duque Uzama in this game. Um, I just, you know, I enjoy watching him play, and I, I hope that he can have a good uh, good week this week. So that's all I've got as far as, like, the the big games, the matchups that I'm, I'm interested in. There is, you know, a lot of good football going to get played this weekend. Um, it's just, you know, not a whole lot of exciting draft matchups for me to watch exactly. But, you know, we like football. We like college football. Um, I'm excited I'm taping this on a Thursday, so I can't cover the game, but I'm not going to cover the game as much, but like coastal Carolina plays tonight. I'm really hoping we can see some more good things from Grayson McCall. He is really proven to me that he is something to behold. Um, air force and Brad, Brad Roberts, the running back. I would like to see more out of him. Got some interesting things. That's on a Friday. Um, and then Georgia, although they're playing Kent state, I just, the Georgia defense is just so much fun to watch. It's just so much fun. Um, I So I, I can't wait to watch them as well. Oh, and then Alabama, of course. I mean, they're playing Vanderbilt, but just watching them work is also getting interesting. Uh, the offense is not quite at the standard of Alabama. Shame, shame, shame on you, Mr. Saban. You did not get your offense at the same level they've been for the past 13 years. So, you know. Oh, well, I guess, you know. <laughs> Um, but Will Anderson finally, you know, did, you know, got his Heisman campaign back on track with that pick six last week. So that was pretty exciting to see. Wasn't exactly like they were playing, you know, Georgia and, you know, any kind of good game, but, um, another piece of Georgia that I want to mention before I get off this real quick is that the Stetson Bennett thing. I thought he was nothing last year. I thought he was just a a face playing quarterback, kind of like, you know, and I'm not trying to take any shots, but like Greg McElroy, when he played at Alabama, he was kind of just a face playing the position. And that's what I thought Stetson Bennett was. But I don't know. 
Stetson Bennett doesn't look bad this year. I don't know what he's been doing in the offseason, uh, but he's definitely been working. And I don't know, maybe Stetson Bennett's something that we can uh, that we can make into something by the end of the season. I just think this quarterback class is so much fun. Like last year's quarterback class is nothing compared to this. This year, there's probably like 10, 15 people, like quarterback wise, that I'm like interested in seeing what evaluation they show, like whether at the senior bowl. The Shrine Bowl is going to be lit this year, I'll bet, because uh, you can't even get all these players at the Senior Bowl because there's just going to be so many players to put there. So I'm excited to watch that. And then we get the Combine, obviously. I'm excited to get some of these people and their numbers. But um, this will, you know, this is fun. This is, Week four looks like a great slate. Hope you all can watch college football this weekend. I'm very excited for it. And I hope you are too. Um, but follow me at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Please come, come hang out. Come talk. Uh, follow the YouTube at IDP Army. We just hit 2,000 subscribers a couple days ago, and I'm very, very excited about that. I'm very happy to be playing a small part in the growth of the company. So awesome. I cannot wait to see you all over there. Please come hang out on Sunday mornings because we are talking all fantasy football and getting ready for the week slate. We got start sit. We got underdog drafts going on sometimes. We we have just a variety of topics, and we have a different revolving cast on that those shows, which is always fun to watch. So please come hang out with us, and I'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.